Hey, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and I'm walking outside in the dark. It is uh, evening. It's about 8.30 p.m., and you can tell that uh, summer is over because it gets dark earlier every day. I heard that they're thinking of uh, abolishing the whole switch from winter to summertime in, in over here in Europe. And that they let the individual countries decide on whether to stay on wintertime or on summertime. Well, that's bound to cause some problems. But I will be glad to have just one time for the entire year and not having to switch back and forth all the time. It's, uh, <laughs> it's messing up my system. However, I, I think I do prefer wintertime. Even though I think, what, what's that sound? Is that a helicopter? Or an airplane? No, it sounds like a helicopter. It's flying right over me here. But I think it's a military helicopter because it's... it's not, usually, from time to time, when there's, when there's a helicopter, there's been a robbery or uh, something like that, and they're scouting the area to see if they can find the... Uh, the people that did it. Yeah, I think that must be a military aircraft. aircraft, Or helicopter, who knows. One of those helicopters with two uh, rotary blades instead of one. That would probably explain the, the, the weird sound. Anyway, I, I, I kind of like wintertime um, because otherwise, if, I think in the summertime it's going to stay... If you stay on summertime, it's going to stay uh, uh, very light until very late in the evening. Now, I, I, I heard that that is very good for, uh, for bars, etc., for partygoers, but I, probably, I, I usually have trouble sleeping when there's too much light in the evening. So I'd rather stay with wintertime. I think that's closer to kind of our natural inner biological clock. But whatever they decide... I'm glad they're going to they're going to stick with one one specific time. So uh, I'm recording this in in the evening because it's the end of a very long day um, and a very intense week. These past few weeks have been uh, have been tough because of all the changes and the constant adaptation that I have to make to these changes. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, there's the um, uh, the parish, the change. The, 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 we now have a, a second parish that we have to cater to. And this past weekend was the first time that I uh, was uh, celebrating Mass in, for me, two new churches. And these two churches are part of uh, the total amount of 15 churches that we currently have to, um, uh, have to minister uh, with three priests, two full-timers and, uh, and me, who's just an assistant. But 15 churches, that is a lot. And uh, we also noticed that, and when I say we, it's like the old team that was centered uh, around Amersfoort and the two villages that were added to, to our, our parish, um, that in the new parish, they oftentimes have several masses in the same town uh, during the same weekend, something that we had to step away from a long time ago. 
we're we're happy if we can even you know keep the churches open on Sunday. But I was in two churches where the evening before they also had had mass, and then there are two more churches in those towns, and they also had uh, Sunday or weekend celebrations. It's it's uh, it's overkill. I mean, something needs to change because this is absolutely uh, a situation that is going to uh, to 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 drive us into the um, how would you say that we would get we'll, we'll get overworked it's just too many places and in all these new parishes of course they sent me their uh, proposals for the songs and for the liturgy and i mean it's kind of the going back in time to the olden days in in the in in the netherlands where every single mass would would uh require uh, the active preparation of of uh, entire liturgy groups that did nothing than to compose their own texts and you know choose themes for every mass and it's uh it's the kind of situation i don't want to go back to because it's it has hasn't brought forth the fruits um it has destroyed the liturgy <laughs> and i think it is uh it, it's putting this such a toll on on uh, on the priests uh, because, well, you know, mass is mass. <laughs> Do the red and read the read the black. That, that's kind of the gist that I'm referring to the the uh, uh, the missile that we're using, which in red indicates what you should do. So it's the movements, the the gestures, etc. And in black is the print, is the the text of the prayers and. Instead of reinventing the wheel for every single celebration and, and then doing it differently from church to church, it's it's stepping into the universal liturgy of the church. And that has great power. And it also, I think, uh, takes away a lot of the, the, the stress that comes with trying to make church or do church and... Uh, <laughs> It's liturgy is supposed is supposed to carry you to to God, and we have turned it into a do-it-yourself, you know, expression of our creativity, and our individuality, and especially of the fact of how how different we are compared to that other parish in that other town that we that could might as well have been on another planet, and if like me you are going from town to town and from church to church every week. You know, people are the same everywhere and the gospel is the same and has a has a there is a certain how do you say it? everybody thinks feels that they're special and I mean that, that there's a legitimate uh, desire I think to to be heard to uh, to to be able to be yourself. But when people start to use the liturgy as a uh, means to claim that individuality and as, a, as an expression instead of something that, that you step into and receive and that carries you instead of the other way around, I think we're, we're, we're bound to, uh, to uh, derail very quickly. So anyway, that, that's, a, that's a concern. Um, it's, it's, a, it's something I noticed right from the from the beginning of this new collaboration and so I feel compelled to uh, to ask for changes but at the same time 
lately with all the uh, media work that is changing and is requiring so much of my input and time and energy, I just noticed that I don't have the time to to propose these changes or to explain why I think it's necessary. And so I have to let kind of let it go and, and trust that, you know, the, the, the actual pastoral team, of which I'm not a part as an assistant, they will come to the same conclusion. But that requires patience and, and faith <laughs> and hope. <laughs> and, it's, and that's not easy when at the same time there are so many other things, uh, things changing in my life and, uh, and going in, in sometimes different directions from what I thought would happen and what I could plan myself. Um, let's start with the television uh, situation. Um, I think I, I shared with you the uncertainty about the uh, future of my TV show and uh, the uh, rumors that I heard, or actually it was more than a rumor, it was, a, it was a plan that was explained to me that we would uh, reduce the, the, the television program to a mere seven minutes so going back from 25 minutes, about half an hour, to, to just seven minutes, and then doing some stuff on the internet, or potentially doing the same on, on, on the web, because they now certainly have, all of a sudden, suddenly have discovered the value of, of, of social media. And at the same time, they are very uh, limited in what they are allowed to do on social media, because our um, national TV and radio uh, company um, feels that they have to build their own kind of Netflix-like service, and so you can't put anything on YouTube, for instance, or on Instagram, because they feel that that is competition with our own platform. And it's so the opposite of I think what would what should be your strategy, and that is you have a public function, so you need to be where the public is. You know, imagine our our king and queen. Um, Staying at home all the time, and uh, and writing letters to the people of the Netherlands instead of going outside and meeting the people where they are in their towns. That's what they currently do, but that's the only way to make to be relevant to people is to be where they are, not the other way around. Not ask people to come over to the the palace and you know bow down in front of the king, king and the queen. This is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's the, 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 I think, very um, old-fashioned attitude of, of our public uh, broadcasting system towards these new media. So when I heard that, I was panicking because the TV show is what gives me my, my audience here. It's also what, what creates my income and what builds a strong foundation for all the other work that we're doing with Tridio. So not only does my work pay for my own uh, costs, but also, you know, it, it helps us pay uh, Inge and Martin. And when that all of a sudden is reduced to seven minutes, with, of course, an according, accordingly small budget, then all, all that is out of the window. So I had to fight so hard to try to keep that in place, the, the current situation. And so I made a plea to... You know, if, if you want to do something on the web, you can't do that. You shouldn't start from nothing. You should start with the TV audience. Keep that audience, because that's a big audience. Last Tuesday, 
there were more than 70,000 people watching that show, which, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon is, is pretty good for the Netherlands. And then you have to bring those people to the new platform. But don't stop the TV thing and, and throw away your audience and then <laughs> put some video clips on a website that nobody knows and then nobody visits. Who, else, who goes to a website to consume media? No one. And so it is a, it's a crazy situation. And, you know, I, I kind of know this audience. I know, I know my audience. I know the situation. I know social media. And that's what I used, and I had to be very assertive and very, very, um, let's say, strong in this, in this whole negotiation to make sure that that disastrous plan wouldn't go through. And I think I, uh, I had a win there because I think I, I managed to convince them. Of course, we're still waiting for the contracts. I'm crossing the road here, by the way, in case you're wondering what that noise is. Um, I think I... I I made my point, and uh, and I think I, I won the, the 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 argument. But after that, I was completely wiped out. I just requires so much um, concentration because you're in a I, as a program maker. I'm I'm in. I feel it feels like I'm in a weak situation. You know, they have the power to to decide. I don't have that. They have the power over the funds that they can distribute uh, the way they want. The only thing that I have is the expertise and it's the, the experience and <laughs> the conviction that what I'm currently doing is, is the way to go. So that was, uh, that was number one. Then after that, the second step in that process was um, that I, I heard... Well, we still, we are forced to do something on the web. And so what, you have to come up with a proposal for, for what you're going to do on television and how you're going to do something innovative and new and fresh and cool and on, on the web. And, but they, they ask you that, but they don't give any guarantees that that will actually materialize. They don't talk about how much that would cost and what, what is required and what, what their own view is of, of, of what these online videos are supposed to to do it's this crazy situation where they've just they're like like children like oh this is the new the newest craze we 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 too need to have this or do that and without really thinking about well why and what, where to what, what's that going to do and what what is your goal what is your 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 mission what do you want to accomplish no idea. It's just, we need to do social media. And you need to come up with a plan. So, the next week, I had a... And that was actually beginning of this week. I had a long talk with, uh, with uh, uh, the person that is supervising my TV show. Uh, where I, kn- I knew that I, I had to come up with tons of ideas, story ideas for the TV show. And with a plan for the internet. So, I've been racking my brain and what is going to what would work what would my audience actually want to see what if fits social media as a product you can't do television on on youtube or on a website it needs to be shorter but it also needs to be different substantially different and so the only thing that i, I could come up with was uh 
you know, Father Roderick on the road, basically taking the the footage that I shoot whenever I'm on a trip, uh, wherever that is in the, in the world, condense that into small stories and put that up as a something that my audience on TV has never seen. And, and, and since it's filmed already in a vlog style, it's also a style that they they don't are that they're not familiar yet with and and that is very personal much more personal than you can do on television and uh so it could uh, fill in a lot of the check boxes um that probably these people that come up with these ideas we need to do social we need to do online video have uh have in there uh, somewhere you know is part of their ideas and then I hear that same morning, and then, you know the the evening before I don't I, I can't get to sleep. I'm I'm just I'm in this creative mode, and I write down a ton of ideas, um, and also constantly in my mind I'm kind of debating that the proposition even before I talk about these ideas. I'm already trying to come up with all the ob- uh, the uh, objections and. And, uh, well, yes, but, and that's not going to work, and all the... There's a lot of... It's... it's. I feel that in traditional media, you're some, sometimes... It's as if you're always going uphill. And instead of, you know, people that are latching on, they'll go, oh, let me help you with that, and yeah, that's great, let's develop this idea further. It's more like, oh, well, that's not going to work. Eh, that's not interesting. Eh, that's, that's, that's too thin as a story. That's, eh... Ugh. And I'm, I'm already so used to that situation that I'm fighting that fight even before the actual fight takes place. Just calculating my moves and trying to come up with what has the most chance to, to work and to be proved. And then that same, the, the next day, after a very rough night where I just couldn't sleep because I was constantly already, you know, thinking about, about that, that whole conversation... I, the first thing that I hear is, well, yeah, well, but that, that internet idea, you know, it's just, they're probably going to uh, decide on that in the summertime and they first want to do some tests and, and, and have a conversation about what they want and who the target audience is. The website isn't ready yet, so yeah, it's probably still going to last another half, half a year, or if not more, before that materializes, if it materializes at all. And then I'm, I'm like, but I thought that you guys told me that I had to develop something. So I spend so much creative energy and time into developing something and coming up with, you know, a, a list of all, of how this could be done and what why this would work. And then I hear that it's actually just, you know, an idea and that they're not sure about it. Ugh. So frustrating. Um, so anyway, again, it's, it's just this being in this hyper-intense creative mode where I give it my all because I, I, can't, I can't work creatively at 70%. It's 100% or 200% or nothing. <laughs> but it's, it's really, really exhausting. And it occupies my mind, um, which is also a problem that... <laughs> when you have so many different processes at the same time, uh, you know, the parish, this TV thing, and then the development of Tridio Media uh, with with 
three audiences basically it's a, the Dutch trivia audience and the uh, Eng- international English speaking uh, trivia audience plus this the audi- the future audience for the channel that we're developing all those things are also going on and then having to focus and put all your energy in one thing um, puts everything else on hold and that's and it, but it's still there in the back of my mind so I'm still stressing about it and so it's no wonder that for the past two weeks now I had really trouble sleeping because it's as if my 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 head is like in Ikea on the first floor you, you always have this uh, room for the kids and it's basically a a bathtub full of um, of uh, plastic balls and you know the primary colors and kids are jumping in there all the time and it's that's what my mind feels like when I'm in a situation like that it's like it's going all directions and it's like over creative overdrive and for a while that's not a problem but if it if it lasts too long instead of you know problems being solved and things moving forward there are these unexpected hurdles and uh and and some of those processes are stalling that's where things go wrong and uh today i had uh one of those days where i just that's why that's one of the reasons that i'm walking outside right now and that i'm sharing this with you i feel like i have to uh formulate what's going on in my life and in my head so that i can figure out what to do and it often helps to talk to uh, my uh, my imaginary friends <laughs> you <laughs> so thank you for that um Today, we went to the south of the country um, for two follow-up conversations about the new channel that we're planning. And um, in the morning, we had a meeting with a party that uh, initially, when we went there in the summertime, uh, we have a good bond, a good relationship. Uh, but they were working on another project. And they were super enthusiastic about that and had some kind of... some common points with what we were you know talking about but it was also something (laughs) an entire different dynamic and a a different scope from what we were trying to pitch there and so we went there this morning kind of not really knowing if if uh, they'd be open for for you know an ongoing relationship around this new channel that we're trying to build and it turned out to be a much more open conversation and you know still lots of talking back and forth and i i i noticed that one of the one of my difficulties is that when you're talking about something that is not yet there it helps to be able to visualize it uh and otherwise you're 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 trying to convey something that that <laughs> where they have no 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 reference for that you know i'm talking about this multidisciplinary is that a word uh, multi um channel cross channel type of approach where you know it's mobile first and but you still have to make good content and you have to do it you know in a way that is efficient and so you have to work and you have to develop a workflow that's serialized etc so I'm talking about a lot of these processes and I can tell that the other person is um is trying to 
picture it and and, and struggling with the words that I'm saying, <laughs> with the concept that I'm trying to con- to convey. And then during the conversation, while I'm trying to pitch this, I, I I'm blaming myself and I'm thinking, Father Roderick, you should have prepared something. You should have, you know, have, have a trailer or do a, a PowerPoint or something like that. And and so I'm I like. I'm not prepared enough for this meeting. So it's, I'm, I'm directing negative energy towards myself. Like, why didn't you take your time? And then I'll, at the same time, I'm debating with myself while I'm talking. This is kind of the IKEA balls that are bouncing around in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm attacking my own self-criticism by arguing, well, but I've been so busy and I'm working on all these different prob- uh, uh, projects and there's so much going on and I'm... Uh, don't criticize me right now. I'm doing the best I can and even that is... I know it's not good enough, but it'll have to make do. So that's what's going on in my mind. It's, it's like having a conversation on three levels at the same time. No wonder that after... Even though that was a very good conversation, I think we are... have We have made progress there and... There is definitely uh, much more of a, an openness to, towards this whole idea of, of, of a new approach to uh, Catholic communication in the, with, a, with a new channel. Um, at the same time, I, afterwards, I'm, I'm, I'm dead already. And, and, and we still had to find some time to, to have lunch. Uh, I was there with Martin. And, uh, and he needs to eat on regular, with regular intervals because of his blood sugar. Uh, whereas I'm, I'm on keto, so I'm, <laughs> I'd rather sh- just skip lunch. Um, and at the same time, I, do, I, I don't want to be too antisocial. So I, I, I buy myself a salad and then uh, sitting there and the entire thing is wrapped in plastic. And I realize that I have no fork. I have nothing I, to, to eat this salad with. So I was like, oh, I should have. Like, these are the things that I'm starting to forget when there's too much going on in my mind. You know, the IKEA balls are preventing me from even the simplest decisions in life. And um, it's also usually in, in these stressful times that I start to lose things. You know, I, I, I'm searching for half an hour for my glasses and then realizes that, realizing that I'm wearing them. That sort of stuff. That happens to me way too often these past few weeks. And uh, the um, uh, right after lunch, we have our second meeting. And this is with a party that um, it, in our first meeting was very enthusiastic, very supportive. And it felt like, well, this is going to seal the deal. You know, th- this is the first party that's coming on board. And I had developed a ton of creative ideas um, to show them that well, we have done our homework, you know, this is, we're ready for this. And if you're ready, we're going to make this, we're, we're, this is going to, be, going to be great. So I, I entered that conversation with a lot of energy, a lot of hope, pumping myself up for a good result. And that, that conversation goes in an entirely different direction halfway through. So while Martin was having his lunch, I, 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 I made a, PowerPoint or whatever it's called on the on, on the iPad presentation, uh, a pro, an app that I've never used before. So I had to teach myself how to do a presentation and uh, trying to download the photos. 
but I don't have internet on my iPad, so I was using my phone with a, uh, what is it, a VPN connection or something like a, a network connection with my iPad, and that was constantly not functioning, so I couldn't download pictures, blah, 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 lots and lots of stress to get that presentation ready. Um, but I wanted to, I learned from the first conversation that you need to visualize something, even if it's super simple. So what I did is I designed a very simple promotional campaign for our channel. If you would pitch this to, a, to the, uh, the, the target audience that you want to reach, how would it, what would it look like? What's the, the feeling that you want people to have? So I created this, uh, this series of, of photos with the logo, um, with the slogan that I, that I came up with, um, and then use that during the first part of the presentation as a kind of a talking reference. So showing the slides on my iPad, pitching this, you know, the next step. And I was feeling really good about it. I was like, this is really, th- I feel that I'm, this is, this is what should happen and um, this is feasible and this is going to be a success. And then somewhere in that conversation, all of a sudden, there's a totally new idea that is, that is pitched to, to us, or not really pitched, but presented it's something very different. I can't, I can't give you any details, but it's very, very different from what I thought we were going to do. Um, it's also a different group of people, etc., that is involved. And it turns out that basically, well, we're still debating on whether to go along with you guys or to do this other big thing that is also requiring a lot of energy and a lot of money and a lot of... And... Eesh, so, and it's something that I didn't immediately embrace in the sense that, like, well, yeah, that's good, but that's, that's not what I think is most urgent right now. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, by all means, the more we do to reach people and to spread our, our message and to talk about Jesus, the better it is. But there are different approaches. And... It's when you want to reach a younger audience, if you want to reach, let's say, the primary uh, target audience that we have in mind is, is parents. It's people between the age of, let's say, 30, 40, that have kids that are about to do their first communion. And these parents are of the generation that doesn't know anything anymore. But they're very open, or much more open and less frustrated than the generation before that, them. But they need... They need to feel supported. They need to feel part of, the, of this worldwide church and, and see other people that live in the same situation and that are similar to them that inspire them and show them, well, this is why we are Catholic. This is what it means to us. And so um, if you want to reach that audience, that audience is... is is not using traditional media. It has no connection whatsoever to existing brands or companies or initiatives. It's an audience you have to meet where they are instead of approaching them from, let's say, within the church. I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear, but there, there is this, this institutional approach where you start with, this is our faith, this is what we stand for, let us show you 
the Catholic world, you know? Take it or leave it. We prefer you take it. <laughs> but but that's, that's, that's an, a, an approach where you start with where you are. And that's, it's your life, your church, your faith, your situation, that you try to transmit and communicate to an audience that is at least interested in that and, and, and is open to that. Well, what I'm trying to do is to go one step beyond that and it's to actually help people to get to that level where they are open for that kind of content. And so it's... And, and it requires, I think, uh, an, a different approach, a faster... You need to be able to, to try out things, to, to also think outside the box, uh, be as creative as possible... Um, be very agile, versatile, and small. And I, I like to keep it simple. Because simple and direct and authentic is what works on social media. And it's what, 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 that's what works with a generation of, um, let's say, between 30 and 40. And so I was trying to pitch all that and to explain why I think our our idea is so important and valid and on the top of my mind uh, hadn't prepared that gave them examples of how I would go about uh, with that organization to bring their message and their specific uh, charism because it's a, it's a that, that what they're doing is beautiful it's great but that's not enough you need, I mean communicating greatness and beauty etc is an art is, a, is an art is a, is a, is a <laughs> It's, it's something that not everyone can do. And I think that we have the experience, the know-how, and also the quality of, of doing that in, in, in a way that, you know, other, other parties won't be able to do. But again, I'm pitching something that doesn't exist. Can't show it yet. And so what I was hoping that we would get green light there, not just in terms of ideas, that's fine, or that's okay, it's great that you're doing that, but... We wanted commitment. Help us get this off the ground. Let us prove to you that this works. Give us confidence. Invest in this small beginning and help us make this a reality. And then it's, it's really um, heart-stopping to all of a sudden be confronted with something else that apparently has been, you know, in preparation without our, our, our knowledge, without our... Uh, and then, you know, basically not getting that commitment that we, I felt that we had last time. It doesn't mean that it won't be there. Uh, let's, let's be honest. I, there, there are many different levels on which you can collaborate. But it meant that I had to completely change my, my expectation of, of the next step. And uh, and <laughs> that we're still not really. I mean, in terms of ideas, we've we've developed a, a, a lot of of, uh, of the plan, but materially, we have we still haven't got any funding for this, any resources, and any official partnership. And what I do know is that in a situation that we are in here in the Netherlands, there is extreme urgency. 
we are losing our last Catholic generation. And that's already a very weakened uh, demographics. We're, according to prognostics, we will go back from 4 million Catholics, currently in the Netherlands, 4 million, to about 175,000 people if nothing happens. So I feel that every minute we wait and we don't do anything because we're all waiting for each other or we're kind of building these grand projects that will materialize somewhere in the future... We are losing people, and we're not—we're not helping them. We're not—we're we're not using what we currently have as a potential audience of four million people, and we're letting it just go die and wither. And that, is, to me, is the opposite. I think of of everything that I feel called to do. Now is the time to make this happen. So, you can imagine my my desire to—and I know that this is is. I've I've really been been uh, not just thinking about this, but praying about this and checking it with and uh, with with so many people I've I've talked about this, and we're getting so much support, moral support, like people that are like this is great, this should happen, go do this, and that are even challenging us to do even more than 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 what we were planning to do just just yeah, be even more daring and, and just go the extra mile so with all that i feel very confident that this is what i should do right now if you know if god wants anything else then uh, he's a lousy communicator because everything he tells me over these past months has been pointing in the same consistent direction and i feel that there is there, there is a certain in the, in the process of discernment, the advice of other people that are also praying about this and thinking creatively with you, that is a very strong indicator of the direction that you should take. So, um, there is this pressure in me to make this happen. And uh, at the same time, like all of a sudden, I see roadblocks and I see difficulties and uh, and time is running out. And so I'm starting to stress. I'm starting to doubt myself. I'm starting to also uh, doubt about the whole enterprise, you know, what we're doing. with We have a small team of three people. And we all have our talents. And we have great talents. And at the same time, we have our limitations. And when you work so intensely together, you start to... To, to notice the limitations of what we can do together uh, more and more. And at the same time, there is this impatience in me and this drive, like, why isn't this working? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Why? And if we want to reach, reach the, that, that target and, it, and, and, and we're, not, we're not even meeting our, our, the current expectations and the current... Um, uh, we can't even realize that the, 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 what we've uh, committed to right now, how is that going to be when the operation grows and, uh, and expands? So tomorrow we have uh, a day together with the board. Um, so the, both the, the board and Martin and Ing and I, the, the, let's say the what is it, production team, we're getting together for an entire day 
to talk this through. And I've noticed that because we're moving so fast and things are changing all the time, there's not a single week that the situation is the same. So we, Martin and I are working on a daily basis together. So we have, we're constantly adapting. And for us, it's exhausting. It's, it's, we're, we're traveling around the country. Not only are we, we preparing this channel, but we're also working together to realize all these uh, TV shows, um, trying to find the people that can help us do that. So there's a ton of planning, a ton of, of thinking and, and, and uh, developing, you know, what, what's the organization going to, what should it look like and how are we going to, how are we going to do that? Um, so we're moving so fast that the board and also to a lesser extent, Inge, uh, they're falling behind. They're not up to date on, on the current situation. And so they're still kind of like, they're working from the knowledge that they, that we shared with them two weeks ago. And, but the situation has already completely changed completely. So we, we, <laughs> we need to somehow catch, catch them up and, uh, Inge is, is going to move here, but it's still a couple of weeks from now that the house will be ready. My move uh, to the other rectory has been postponed for a month. So I was sitting there with my 10 boxes of stuff ready to go. And then I get a, an email that, well, we've encountered some problems and things that need to be fixed first before you can come in. So we've moved it to the 1st of November. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot. I'm smacking my forehead here. <laughs> you heard. I was like, I don't have that time. If I move in November, it means that I'm losing two weeks in November. And that is so close to the deadline. And there's so much other work that I need to do. I'm, in November, I have to travel to, to Israel for eight days. You know, and then moving in the same month. Ah, my blood pressure is mounting while I'm sharing this, this with you guys. So, um, so tomorrow, what I hope we'll be able to do is to solve these problems, and to, and that's where you, where I feel I need a board, is is to help us tackle these these uh, roadblocks, and and it's all from this idea that. Um, Yes, we're putting, deliberately, we're putting pressure on this. We want to start on the 1st of January. Because if we don't set a deadline, if we don't target a specific date, um, it, it, it will not materialize for another year. I know these, how these processes work. There is momentum now. There is, so much is moving that you need to, Put out your anchor when the when the when the sea is stormy. That's what you do. You, you you lower your anchor, and that's what I feel this channel is. It's like putting an anchor and say, "This is us. Here we are, and this is where we'll stay." <laughs> you need to start, and um, uh, but at the same time, it's causing me a ton of stress, <clears throat> and because I'm stressed. I'm also conveying that to Martin and to Inge because they have to suffer my... Sometimes I, I share my IKEA balls with them. <laughs> the, 
the chaos in my head and my doubts and my frustration and my impatience and the, the problems that I see. And I, I, I kind of switch into almost a panic mode where the only thing I'm, I'm able to, to communicate is, is, the, is the struggles, the unrest in my head. And uh, and that's that's not easy for them. Oh, Martin is kind of relaxed about it. He says, "Oh, that's just who you are. I don't care. <laughs> I don't listen." <laughs> um, but I don't know what kind of impact that has on on let's say the board and and even on the people that we're in talks with. So I I notice that I I have to go back to I have to simplify when things are this stressed. I know that I have to somehow get my foot off the gas and uh, and slow down a little bit before life slows me down. And um, one of the ways to do that is to go outside and walk. And it's always a bit hard for me to decide whether to um, go and be productive, like recording podcasts. That is, in, in a certain way, it's it's relaxing. Because it's something I know and I'm very comfortable with. And it's, for me, it's an outlet also. Helps me think. Helps me share what's going on. And, uh, and sometimes it even generates help. You know, people that listen to me and they're like, well, I think I can help. That's, that's how, how it uh, has always gone in the past. Sometimes I was just str- sharing my struggles and other people are like, well, let me help. And um, so... That helps. And on, on the other hand, you know, it's now, what is it, 9.30. And uh, I'm thinking, I, t- since tomorrow we have that, in, that day together with the board, I, don't, I won't have time to record my podcast, uh, my regular weekly show. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm debating whether to go, you know, when I'm back home, sit behind the computer and record that podcast because I want that to go out on a weekly basis that's and at the same time thinking well perhaps I should just go to bed and relax mm, I don't know that's I'm, I'm, a, I'm too stressed out uh, and confused to to make a, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, to, to, to be able to determine what the right thing is that I should do I should probably just go with what feels right it's, I know it sounds terribly cliche but sometimes that's the best you can do just i have no idea where i am by the way i'm talking in this entire town at night looks so different from uh situation at daylight so i'm walking here and i don't recognize anything okay one more thing i wanted to share with you and that is giving me a little bit of focus and that's good news for a change (laughs) Uh, I shared with you that I, I don't even know if I shared that with you. I was, pre- I was preparing for the marathon of Amsterdam. And then um, we're approaching the end of that long, long training period. 18 weeks of training. Long distances. I did one of the toughest training schedules I've done so far. Uh, where I run five days a week. Even when I was in Spain. I still did 20 miles there. In the, in the hot summer weather near Valencia. And so 
I felt like I'm ready for this. I'm going to run. Let's go check the website and see if I can get my registration done. And then I go to the website of the Amsterdam Marathon and registration closed two weeks ago. Please come back next year. And I'm like, no. <laughs> can you imagine the, the type of self-criticism that explodes in my head you dork you should have registered why didn't you put that in your calendar why do, how can you forget about something like that you know that you have to be in time with the these big events big city blah and so i'm like oh, i'm giving up i don't have any energy left for this kind of situation and oh let's just forget about it i'll i'll run the rotterdam marathon next year or whatever the the marathon is a um, is basically a, an excuse for me to to continue to train and to stay fit or to become fit again. Um, the actual marathon itself for me is not really that important, but nevertheless, it feels like so bad. I I planned this a half a year in advance, and and my parish did everything to free me up for that Sunday morning, and now I'm not even going to run that marathon. That sucks. And so when I shared that on Facebook and Twitter, I think some people told me, well, just keep an eye on those Facebook groups of runners. You know, sometimes people are, are getting injuries and they, they'll be able to transfer their uh, registration to you. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Amsterdam Marathon, you know, there's so many people. There, there are, I don't know, tens of thousands of people running that marathon. And so, so many people are probably looking for, where am I? Where is this? I have no idea. Because it's night. I can't even tell. I should have learned how to navigate the stars because it's, uh, <laughs> there are no clouds. And I can see some stars, but I have no idea where they lead me. This is cool with what looks like a Rubik's Cube art thingy. <laughs> Whatever. A gigantic Rubik's Cube here on my left. But I still, I have never seen that before. I'm just kind of following my guts. I think it's this way, but I'm not sure. Um, What was I talking about? (laughs) Now I'm thinking mentally of of a Rubik's Cube in my head. Well, thank you very much. I already had Ikea balls in my head. Now I've got a couple of Rubik's Rubik's Cubes floating around as well. Um, oh, the, the marathon. So, I didn't expect to to find anything. Anyway, you know where, where this story is going. I'm looking at those Facebook groups, and I see some people that are, it's all half marathons, or uh, when, when, when there is one who has a, a registration up for grabs, and it's gone within a few minutes, and people are asking crazy prices, and there are all sorts of warnings, you know, Make sure that you have a legitimate person on the other side of the conversation. And so I'm like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> this, this is too scary. And it, ah, forget about it. And so I, I, on Wednesdays, Wednesday, I forced myself to go to the movies, which I haven't done for two months now. I'm paying this monthly subscription to my local theater. And I don't use it at all. <laughs> I can, you know, it would have been cheaper to just go pay for my ticket for the past two months instead of doing the monthly fee. But whatever. So I'm telling myself, I'm going to see this new movie 
uh, Venom, you know, Sony, Marvel, cartoon-based action movie. It'll be fun. I don't. Ex- I have no no idea what it's about, other than you know, it's the Venom, same kind of story that we saw in Spider-Man Three, and uh, eh, you know, at least for two hours, I won't be. I want to be able to focus on the IKEA balls, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to the movies. It's not a very good movie, by the way. Uh, I'll review it in the, in my regular podcast. And I get back home, sit behind my computer, check Facebook, and the first post that pops up is, "Hey, I'm I have an injury, and um, but I had already registered for the Amsterdam Marathon." Is there anyone who, you know, can enjoy this this is willing to 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 take that registration from me? And you know, can I do you a favor with that? And and then I'm I'm looking at the person who posts that, and then it's someone in Amersfoort, and who lives not far from where from my future rectory. So, and and I see this literally like one minute after it's been posted. So I'm immediately reacting. I'm sending a direct message and a, a reply like, hey, I just sent you a direct message. I'm interested. And so that person is also online and immediately is like, wow, that's, that's fast. And yeah, sure. And so we, we chat a little bit back and forth. And he's like, well, just uh, we decide to, to meet that evening uh, so that he can transfer his registration to me. So I went there. We have a great conversation. turns out that one of his daughters is in school where one of the other members of the pastoral team is often uh, visiting. And so his children actually knew me. <laughs> he didn't know me at all. And, uh, and so we have this great conversation. And yeah, he, he this was going to be his second marathon. The first one last year was also the Amsterdam Marathon. But um, he had... a. a problems with his knee and it was a very hot day it was like 28 degrees celsius and uh he uh i think he overtrained or under it's like a combination of undertraining and then overtraining because you you don't train probably enough then you, you're every time you add to the distance during your training you're you're putting a lot of strain on your on your knees so he had to give up during that Marathon, he still walked most of it, but finished in about five hours and some, something like that. Which is still, I think, impression. Uh, um, what you call it? I'm losing my, my vocabulary here. It's uh, impressive. <laughs> I was all of a sudden thinking in French. I don't know. Impressionant. Impressive. Um, th- that he still was able to finish it. So this year, he wanted to get revenge so he registered for a very fast time like a a little bit under four hours and then uh, he started training and he's actually also training other people for in running so it's definitely uh, someone who has experiences but never really done these big runs and uh, and then his knee starts to act up again and it's causing so much pain that he knows that he's not going to be able to run the race and uh so I share with my my own stories. I've I've had situations like that where I was training for, I think it was a marathon of Rotterdam, and I get this um, 
what is it? It's not a hamstring. It's like one of the, atta- the, the attachment of your upper thigh muscle to your knee that got infected because I was overtraining. And, uh, and, and I was foolishly thinking that if I would just continue to train, it would go away. That was in, this was in the early years of running, and uh, and I injured myself so much that I hadn't I haven't been able to run for uh, half a year, and to give up on the marathon. But I was still enjoying running so much that over time I I came back and started training again. So I kind of shared my own experience with that and encouraged him to, by all means, don't give up on on a marathon. You know. We may run it together next year. And so we had this, just this great conversation of runners. Uh, and he also asked me about, you know, how I combined the training with my work as a priest, etc. So great conversation. I came back with this uh, registration for Amsterdam. And <laughs> so I'm gonna, going to run it. Um, and the other my second reaction was, oh, shoot. But I stopped training because I was so discouraged that I didn't get the registration, that I didn't run my, you know, the the the, the last big training of twenty miles, and I knew that this week was going to be hyper busy with the today this long day, um, and tomorrow is also going to be the entire day. So the first time that I can run those twenty miles, it's going to be Saturday, but Saturday I should already start to. Um, step back so that's what you kind of do at the end of your uh, your training you you dial back the distance and if you don't your body doesn't have time to recover and recuperate in time for the race so I've decided to still run those 20 miles I won't repeat the biggest error that I've ever made and that was before the marathon of um I think it was here in Amersfoort, the Marathon of Amersfoort, where I told myself that it would be a good idea, perhaps, to run a full marathon as a training the weekend before the race. Biggest mistake ever. Because <laughs> then you're destroying your body. It, it, you're basically, that's what you do in any form of training. You're destroying your muscles so that they rebuild and get stronger. But if there is not enough time for your muscles to rebuild, you're damaging your body. And then with the race, you're damaging it even more. So <laughs> that's a, quite a predicament to be in. But at the time, I felt that I, I needed to be sure that I could do it and uh, that I could run a full marathon. And so, golly, I will never do that again. So these 20 miles, it's kind of on the fringe of what is probably wise. But I'm hoping that at least giving my body this last you know, big run will at least waken it up again after this uh, about, what is it, a week and a half that I haven't moved at all because I was so both stressed and frustrated and discouraged and, and whatnot. And, I, and, and then on top of that, it's kind of interesting how mind-body works. I, I get sick. So yesterday I had this fever. It felt like I had a fever. I, I, I had a headache and um, I just felt my sore throat etc and I I recognize the situation it's where you're about to get sick but your body is fighting it and that's why you get the you know the feverish feeling so I I came back with that ticket uh, with a 
<laughs> for, for, for the Amsterdam Marathon. And my initial thought was, I, I need to go and do those 20 miles before the weekend. And fortunately, I was able to stop myself from doing that. And I was like, well, no, just calm down. Let it go. Trust the process. You have done your training for the marathon. Even if I wouldn't train for another two weeks, I'm still going to be okay. It may not be my fastest race. Oh, I know where I am now. Thank goodness. This is where I walked about an hour ago when I started this recording. So now I'm able to get back home safely. So um, uh, I, I know that I've done enough for this marathon and I will make it to the finish line. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll run a little bit this weekend and then we'll just trust, trust it. But I'm happy that at least that is something I can focus on and uh, it has kept me healthy and it has helped me to lose a ton of weight and uh, uh, in the process I discovered this whole new approach, this whole, basically the, I switched back to, to carbs um, for, for the past two weeks because I was trying to empty my fridge. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous because I'm go- I was planning on moving on the 1st of October. I, I was like, I, I got to empty that fridge because I'm not going to take all that s- stuff with me. And so I switched back to carbs and I felt so rotten and so lousy. And it's probably also because of the combination of not just carbs, but also all the stress, etc. So I switched back to keto. And uh, hopefully that will also give me some more energy for the next couple of weeks. And especially more, you know, clarity. So there's one of the side effects of a good keto, because you can do bad keto, as you know. Um, But with lots of vegetables, etc. You get this, like, very, very awakened feeling, like heightened senses. And you're very, very clear-minded. And I hope that that combination, you know, being able to run again knowing that I'm going to do that marathon, that's at least something that unexpectedly went in the right direction, that it can help me to calm down that mess of Ikea balls inside my, my head. And uh, I think I just found the title for this show, by the way. It's something with Ikea balls. <laughs> I'll Google it first, just in case it means it has this, like a secondary meaning that is not intended. You never know with these things. So anyway... Look for uh, multicolored IKEA balls uh, in the in the show notes. <laughs> That's probably this episode. Hey, thank you so much for uh, bearing with my long-winded uh, mind dump here. And uh, uh, well, we'll just stay hopeful. And uh, at least this this has helped me. I feel that my blood pressure is back to normal. <laughs> so, if only for that, this was. This is a good show, um, and and well, I'll 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 let you know what happens next. Um, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening and for your friendship. And I hope to talk to you soon. And now I'm going to stop podcasting for the rest of the day. I'm going to bed. Take care and God bless. <laughs>